All right, everybody. So today on the podcast, we have fan favorite, Jeffrey Verity Schofield. And in the comments section, fan favorite, Alpha Destiny, also known as Alex Leonidas. How are you doing, man? I'm doing amazing. How are you, Dave? Doing well. So I'm, I'm glad we got to get you on, man, because I've had people in the comment section say for years, you got to get them on, you got to get them on. And sometimes it's just a matter of like, maybe I, I want to, I just don't even know how to connect with the person. Uh, here we had a mutual connection with Jeff. And actually, I think we have a mutual connection. You know, Toby Adler? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he and I went to college together. Uh, definitely one of the freakiest naturals I've seen from a strength standpoint. And, and I see him. So people, people who don't know that this guy was deadlifting 675. I feel like maybe for reps, but at least for one in the college, like 20, 21 years old. Um, very much believe he's natural. Uh, I mean, I've seen him that size since, like I said, he, he was young. So in, unless this kid was like juicing and consistently juicing the same amount to say the same size <laughs> for that all these years, I, I, I definitely believe it. So check out his stuff just to see some, some crazy strength feats. Yeah, it's always cool when you see someone in real life and they get on the internet. It's like, wow, I know that guy. And they're yeah, yeah. amazing feats of strength. And you know for a fact that they're the real deal, you know? And you see yeah. their journey over many years. So, I mean, I, I think people watching probably know both of you guys. But Alex, I, I think you've been on since, what, 2016 or so? 15, 16? I started making videos in 2013. Okay. But it was very on and off. wasn't full-time. I would say 2016 is when... I started getting serious. So that's why people know me from that era. Before okay. it's like very fringe community. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you probably won't like this, but the way I first heard about you was through Jason Blaha. So <laughs> you know, he, he was making the videos and everything. And yeah, there was uh, a lot of clowning back then. A lot of back and forth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. If, I've actually talked to him more recently and it's been very normal. Um, I know there was definitely a period of time where, like you said, a lot of clowning, a lot of nonsense back and forth. But I, I think... A lot of people have calmed down from that era. So I, I think the whole community has calmed down as a whole. Yeah. We, <laughs> let bygones be bygones. Let's just focus on what's in front of us, what's important. That's it. Give give good information. For sure. For sure. So and for everybody listening, um, as always, we start with a charity donation. And for this one, we're going to be sticking with Operation Smile. So they help children with cleft lip and palate surgeries. Um, and as always, we will have a link down below if anybody else wants to help out with that. So. Let's see here. So I think one of the major topics that I want to talk about and that I think we've all kind of talked about that maybe you coined um, was bear mode. I don't know if that was you or and then Jeff Nifford talked about that. Um, was that you who coined it? I, uh, yeah, I created the term and then Jeff really liked it. And it's funny because I plan on renaming bear mode to something else. But because he got really into it, I was like, OK, fine, I'm going to stick with the name. <laughs> so I have to give credit to Jeff. <laughs> okay. Did you have another name in mind already? I actually made a video asking my viewers for suggestions. And okay. uh, there were like 10 different ideas. Oh, wow. Okay. It yeah, that it. was actually, I think the video. So Jeff and I just briefly connected a year or two ago, man, probably closer to two years ago. And he just said that he really liked the video and it was talking about bear mode and, and all of that. And so awesome. um, I think it's an interesting topic and Part of me feels like it, you know, well, we'll, we'll get into all of it, but um, Jeff, I know you've been bulking up recently and you've gained quite a bit, right? In the last year, how much weight have you gained in the last eight or nine months? Um, let's see. My lowest was like 85 or 86 kilos. So what is that in pounds? Like 185 ish. Mm -hmm. And then now I'm like 98 
98.5 kilos in the morning. So like 215, 216. Over so, what time span? Over, well, I gained, I, I bounced out of that bottom position like a squat. So it was pretty mm -hmm. fast. And, uh, you know, I remember one time, because, you know, at the end of the diet, that your appetite is up, your hunger is up. Sure. And like, you could really rebound aggressively. Not that that's always advised, but I did. I did. <laughs> and, and I put the food to good use. I remember one time I ate a whole 12 inch pizza and halfway through eating it, I ordered another one because I knew I was just <laughs> right. Damn. Pizza consumption was just, you know, sure. It was, it was, and so not that I advocate always, you know, you don't have to eat shitty foods and you shouldn't eat shitty foods, but you can have more dietary flexibility. Let's put it that way when you are gaining mm -hmm. and you know so i'm up what 30 30 ish pounds or so wow. um so and you know i feel good i put on a good amount of strength you know still nothing impressive but um enough of that gain was lean body mass that i'm actually happy with it yeah um you see some people bulk and then they gain nothing right like they just add and they cut down and it's like oh well shit that was all <laughs> Right, uh, right. And, and I think, you know, if you, I haven't gone above 20%, that's sort of my personal cap mm -hmm. where I don't like, I mean, I could go, I've gone up to maybe 22, 23, because I was, you know, 212, like two years ago. Okay. And I was not as like, I didn't have any, any vascularity, any biceps vein, any definition anywhere. I didn't realize you were that heavy previously. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, I've bulked and cut before. It's just sort of how I've always done things. And so I've been, yeah, I've been up to 210, 212. Mm. But it was like a, it was a fluffy state of existence. Right, even, right. Even compared to now. And, and that's just how it works. Like you go up to a peak body weight heavier than you've ever been before. And then, you know, you either recomp or you main gain or you, you know, eventually cut down and then every time you hit a, a new body weight you're slightly better looking better body composition at that same weight and yeah. that's probably the, the best way to track progress um yeah you're about three to five pounds away from my my heaviest ever was like 218 to 220 that was definitely a fluffy state of existence for sure um <laughs> but you know i i hit my strongest numbers then uh, or at least close. I've since hit like random PRs here and there at a lighter body weight. Um, but as you alluded to though, I was, cause you're, I think how many years into training now? Seven. Seven. Yeah. Yeah. So when I did it, it was like 12 years in, maybe even 13 years in. So it was kind of like a last ditch effort. Like, let's see what I can gain 40 pounds, you know, over, over two years, I took my time. Uh, and when I cut down, I, I pretty much netted nothing. <laughs> so that was when I basically called it. I was like, you know what? I don't know if, if it makes sense to do that anymore. But I do think that for your first, let's say, 10 years or so, it, it definitely makes sense and will probably be the fastest way to, you know, hitting your, your peak potential. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's um, I think I wasted a, quite a bit of time from cutting too much and trying to maintain too lean of a physique because I, I maintained not under 10 percent, but near 10 percent like 10 to 11% with like veins all in my abs and like mm -hmm. glutes starting to come in and, and not stage conditioned, but like kind of getting there, right? Yeah. Like face starts to get gaunt and just, 
you start to notice weird veins like the cross veins in the biceps where it's not just that one vein but it's right like, right right it's ridiculous vein and i maintained that condition for like six months or something right. and but i didn't make any progress sure and i i didn't feel well, you you kind of regressed like right uh well i regressed from my previous strength before that but i kind of just flatlined the entire time mm, okay just sort of treading water basically and then alex what's the heaviest you've bulked up to like we're talking about a bloated state versus yeah yeah just like the heaviest you've been like on a scale period like 191 <laughs> wow okay and you're how tall five foot five and a half yeah so that that's a big <laughs> big yeah, boy i was very fluffy you know yeah, yeah, yeah. that's why you, you got to do the illusion strategies to look leaner than you actually are grow out your beard all that good stuff right right, right. but i think like jeff said you got to have a range that you're not going to exceed mm -hmm. and i think 20 percent is a good cap for most people yeah really going beyond that point is if you're searching for a strength pr and you just don't care you're like you know what if i gotta gain five more pounds of body fat but it's gonna add that last five pounds to my bench okay fine yeah you know it might not be worth the trade-off but at least you'll get your number right right no I, I think that's very reasonable and then i i know i don't remember the time you did i mean i think it was recently you had cut down to like 145 ish is that right 145 dry so that's like with the water protocol and everything so it's okay. not how you're going to be every single day yeah so your walking weight would be like in the 150s then yeah like 150 exactly yeah and, and how long have you been lifting total now oh a long time over a decade Okay. So do you feel, cause that, that's one of the things I will often talk about. I mean, obviously it's recognized that, you know, your first five to seven years, you're going to get almost all of it. And then it slows down. Do you feel like at this point you're able to make net progress? Like not, Hey, I'm picking a new unique exercise and gain strength, but like I'm actually putting on new muscle mass. Absolutely. To the point where my expectations are higher than ever before. I'll say this. I don't believe in the natural limit. Okay. Yeah. I, I believe that progress will continue just at a very slow rate, mm -hmm. such a small rate that you might as well call it a limit. Sure. So if you're adding five pounds a year to your bench press, that's nothing really, but it adds up year after year. Sure. If you do that between 25 till 40 years old without getting injured, that's a lot of PRs. And, you know, you see those muscle gaining charts and they say after five, 10 years, you're gaining so minuscule amounts that you might as well not calculate it. Why? I find it's worth calculating. If you actually plan on doing this for decades at a time, if this is a short-term pursuit, of course, it's not going to be worth it. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's the years that add up where you see the physical changes. Obviously, you know, from 2022 till 2023 or even 2024, most of us naturals are going to look relatively the same, maybe some minor improvements. Say so there's going to be no progress. I don't believe that. And I'm still making gains after all this time. And the longer you train, the more you optimize your stuff. Do you measure that mostly through strength progress? Do you take, like I know Jeff and I are both pretty big on muscular measurements. Is that something that you take as well? Measurements and uh, strength progression. But really mm -hmm. the progressive overload, you have to trust the process because that ensures the measurement will go up. If you take your, your bench press from 315 to 350, chances are something's going to go up in your body, whether it be your delts, your, your triceps, your shoulders, yeah. 
there's going to be a minor increase. You'll never be the exact same measurement in most cases. Yeah, well, no, I agree. If, if assuming that you take an exercise, again, that's not new, right? You have all those initial neurological adaptations. You take a long-standing exercise and you're gaining strength for reps over time, that that's like the almost like the fine way that I can pretty much guarantee you're growing, right? I mean, that that's almost has to happen from increased muscle mass. Like, like Jeff always says, it's objective. Yeah. You know, and the goals that he said this year, you're going to see the size reflected, <laughs> guaranteed. Yeah. Well, I, I think yeah. that's, go ahead, Jeff. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think that um, some people are, are sort of pessimistic about the gains you can keep making from like year five to year 10. Mm. Um, because I, I've seen some people, um, even content creators who I respect, where they make it seem like past three years, you're basically making tiny improvements or nothing at all. And I haven't found that to be the case because, you know, it's easy to get your newbie gains, but then like your intermediate gains, a lot of people mess up. Right. And so they, they get the newbie gains because everyone gets them. Like you'll, you'll get them doing a lot of different stuff, but then once you're an intermediate, you actually have to optimize stuff. You have to actually be very mindful of your progression and, you know, past like 10 years, that's where things are going to slow if you've been optimizing things. Mm -hmm. But like in that five to 10 year window, I think you can still make pretty good progress. And then like even past 10 years, you know, there's always like in terms of just how much muscle mass you have, like there are some areas that, you know, who trains their hip flexors, mm -hmm. right? Like, mm -hmm. There's probably a, a decent amount of muscle mass neck gains maybe, right we'll talk about that too like so as in your tfl and all those little like someone said oh i have my, my tfl which is like a hip flexor on the outside of the hip i was doing front squats and it like poked out of the side and someone's like what the hell is that mm. and it's just like a muscle a weird muscle that i have from running mm. right because mm. that's used you know running is a lot of hip flexion whereas lifting is a lot of hip extension right squats deadlifts etc who, who trains their hip flexors almost no one, but you know, that might be, I don't know, 500 grams of muscle mass. Right. <laughs> worth, of, <laughs> worth of taking, right? Yeah. 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 I think it, it is interesting that there are a lot of people so pessimistic about that five to 10 years. And I think maybe some people would think that I'm pessimistic about that and I'm definitely not. So I was making significant changes until about year 12 or 13. However, I started at 12 years old. So I don't have the same reference, right? Because there'd be oh, wow. it, like, it's not the same, like you're just going to gain from puberty. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and, and so you can't really compare. I think if you're starting at, let's say 18 to 20, then yeah, at, at 10 years, it's going to be substantially slower. Uh, but five to 10, I mean, I don't know anybody who has stayed consistent who has not looked dramatically different at 10 years than five years. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, almost across the board, you're going to see that. Yeah. And that's another fair. thing is like the, um, the more muscle you gain naturally, the, the more impressive those little bits add up, right? Cause you're getting close to your potential. And so you're, you're, you know, adding muscle and you're getting close to like that area where you look pretty freaky. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you, you kind of look into that, you get into that gray zone where it's like, oh, is he natural? Is he not natural? Mm -hmm. And then, you know, you every little pound you add is more impressive than the last pound, right? Yeah. I and mean, I think that's what's going to make people look good in uh, 
a lean state or shredded rather mm-hmm. it's training for 10 years getting so much muscle that once you reveal what's underneath the body fat like you're ascetic but it takes time to get to that point you yeah. tell a novice lifter to try and do that they're going to just look shriveled up like a, a bruce lee kind of physique so right. those little pounds that makes a difference yeah well that, that's a good point because like my first year i gained well so i gained 30 pounds my first year of lifting of which i mean at the obviously decent amount of that was muscle um, but I started at, at the time, 5'11", 130 pounds, right? So I went from like anorexically skinny to like kind of normal for a high school student. And so I got comments like, oh, you're looking like bigger, but it wasn't in any way impressive, right? But when you're going and you're now 10 years in, if you put on three pounds of muscle, like it's like, oh, wow, well, you're, you're actually looking bigger, right? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, as far as like comments from others, like that's certainly not something I think you should focus on. But my experience is was that, you know, people would want the abs and everything. And I can very much relate to that, especially my younger self. Like that's all I cared about. But consistently, I would get much more compliments uh, from men and women when I had clothes on, which is obviously most of my life. And, and when I was bulked up. So like when I went to dental school, that was like my first time getting up to like 190 plus. And I remember, you know, you got all like the social gatherings the first year and everything. And I'd be out at the bar and like people were grabbing my arms and I was like, what is going on here? And I was the softest I'd ever been at that point in my life, like easily the softest I'd ever been. Uh, but it was like a lot of comments. And I don't know if you're experiencing that, Jeff, but like now that you're heavier, most people just see you as a bigger individual. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think you can kind of walk that line between... Like I've seen natural bodybuilders where it's like in clothes and then on stage and because they're like five, six, seven, whatever percent body fat, the difference between clothed and like perfect stage lighting, et cetera, Mm -hmm. is ridiculous, but that's not how most people function most of the time, right? Like you're not under perfect lighting and, you know, unclothed, you're wearing clothes and I would say as long as you don't get sloppy, you'll look bigger, right? But like the moment you you get a belly or you mm-hmm. you know lose your abs or whatever, but but it's not even about abs. Like it's just as long as you keep your lines somewhat in check and you don't get you know blowed up and and, and go overboard and go past that you know roughly twenty percent mark, maybe twenty two twenty three percent, then you'll just look big and look jacked. It's the difference between being fluffy and chubby. And when you mm-hmm. have the muscle mass, that extra cushion just makes it look like it's all muscle. Well, that's something you talk about quite a bit, right, Alex, is like how to, I mean, you mentioned like the beard and maybe certain clothes, like how to still look pretty good and not look sloppy, even if you're at that 18 to 20% range. Yeah. And that, that comes down to just being jacked overall. Like if you have a 17-inch a neck then you gain some fat, it climbs up to you know, slightly under 18, is anyone going to look at you and say, wow, that's a fat neck? Or are they going to assume, no, that, that guy's jacked. I don't want to go near him. You know, just to say, like, when you go to these expos and you see these bodybuilders in real life and they are peeled, nine out of 10 times, they look tiny just walking around. Sure. I've seen them in real life. And I've been shredded myself. And I can tell you that I look like I didn't even lift in clothes. All my tailored clothing was floating in it. It's really an illusion. You take your shirt off, you got the lights on you. 
that's the only time you actually look big and impressive. Yeah. You put 15, 20 pounds more on that frame, same person here, exact muscle. All of a sudden you look big. Yeah. That's what's sabotaging a lot of guys. They're way too lean, especially what we were talking about before with the years of training. They don't even have that. So right. if you haven't put five, 10 years of training and now you're trying to be 9% body fat, what do you think the outcome is going to be if even natural bodybuilders who get to that status look small? Yeah. Well, yeah. And that's, it's, it's tough. It's a tough topic because like you're obviously influenced by like a lot of people who are very enhanced and then they're lean all the time. But I remember, I mean, I'm sure he doesn't watch this. So I guess I can say his name, but somebody I went to school with, uh, this kid, Justin. So we had two Justins in our group and one was this, you know, pretty big guy. And then the other one was who we called little Justin. And he had on his Instagram, like, you'd think this guy was a pro, like, I mean, legitimately, like it, it was, but he was, he was probably five, six or seven, 145 pounds, probably five, seven, 145. And he was relatively skinny in person. And I think some of the pictures were after I knew him. So maybe he had gained some muscle. The point is there was such a dramatic difference in how he looked on his Instagram pictures versus in person. And it's kind of like, well, what do you want to look good for? Do you want to look good in, in real life and like walking around or for, you know, whatever people you're posting for? And, and I guess if it's what you do for a living, if it's how you make money, maybe that's, that's going to be a decision maker there. Uh, but for most people, I, I almost never recommend people even get below beach lean, not to like, if that's your goal for whatever reason, I think it's fine. I just think you need to pick, you need to think about why that's your goal. Because in my experience, for most people, it, it doesn't end up being a net benefit. If you want to do it, maybe like Jeff, maybe when you're done, you're going to get there to compare it to the last time you were there to see, but I can't imagine you're going to stick around there very long. Yeah, no way. It's like, I, I have refused to work with some clients if they're like, yeah, I just want to get shredded. And I'm like, okay, well, why? Like, is there, is there a show or something like, no, I just want to get shredded. Like, I just want to see what I look like when I'm shredded and they're like 25% body fat, <laughs> barely lifted weights. And I'm like, no, like, no, I'm not going to work with you. Like, this is just, no, like, this is not going to be good for anyone involved as a dumb fucking goal. Like, stop. No. Mm -hmm. And because I'm sure a lot of coaches would be happy. Like, all right, just, you know, PayPal me the money. Let's do this. Sure. Yeah. You're going to suffer for a while and you're going to look like shit at the end, but like, let's do this. But like, I, I just if I see someone and their goal is just counterproductive and I know it's counterproductive, they just don't realize it. Mm -hmm. uh, I'll just tell them up front, like, no, that's not, that's not really going to be a good thing. Yeah. I'm not really going to sign off on that. Um, and I have noticed a lot of people probably influenced from social media. They want to cut, they want to get lean, even when they are already pretty lean and their goal physique has a lot more muscle. And, you know, I made that same mistake where like you, you keep chasing this leanness and it doesn't really give you any dividends, um, especially past a certain point. Like if someone wants to get down to low teens or something, fair enough. But if they're chasing the shreds and they're natural and they still want to be gaining muscle, I mean, it's just, it's just a bad idea. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the body dysmorphia that they might have as a result of following these influencers makes it worse. Not to mention the fact that if they're going to take a physique update picture of themselves, it'll be a selfie with their crappy phone. And they don't even have the setup that these pros have. 
So it's mm-hmm. not like you're talking about a DSLR with three-point lighting. They're probably going to take a picture in their bathroom, and maybe they're already lean enough. But because they're not photographers or they don't have the right guy to set them up, <laughs> now they think they're fluffy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. one thing I, I would say, though, is, and, and I might maybe have a different opinion than you guys on this, but there's, to some degree, I think it's also not just about like what is actually looking better, but just what's worth it for you. So like for, you could take this from like a lifestyle and money standpoint, right? So maybe you would make more money. And, you know, I'm all about like going after very lofty goals, but maybe there's a level of, okay, this income is achievable. But if you think about how you'd have to work a hundred hours per week and, and not spend time with your family or whatever it is, it's actually not worth it. You would make more money, but the net is worse, right? For your life. And I actually would say that I do think a leaner physique is more aesthetic. And, and for if you can have the muscle mass while being lean, I believe that is a better look. It's more desirable by the vast majority of the population. And, you know, I don't get too much into like the, the male self-help stuff, but um, I, I do think like if you look at the photos that, you know, women are, you know, like staring at most of the time, it is a lean, but also muscular physique. It's usually not a guy who's 20% body fat. I mean, that's just when you look at like what is consumed in my, my opinion. Um, however, I just think it's a more a matter of, as, as we've been saying here, what does it take to maintain that? And it, for m- many naturals, how much skinnier are you going to look overall? So I don't, I'm not trying to say that there's no downsides to being heavier or, or like softer, I can understand and relate, especially to younger men who want to be really lean. It's just for a lot of you, you have to consider what is that going to cost and not like a take the easy route, but just it genuinely, when you've done the, like the cost benefit analysis, it might not be worth it. Yeah. I think it also depends on what stage you're at in your life. Maybe you've been that bulky guy throughout your twenties and now you just want to be lean in your thirties, look aesthetic. And I would agree to your point that being lean you'll look better with your shirt off. Your face is more defined. Mm -hmm. It is more aesthetic. Let's keep it real. But some people aren't trying to impress girls just to say, not saying that that's uh, a motivation, but they want optimal muscle gains, right? Or just look as jacked as possible and not have to suffer as much in a disciplined sense, because there is a trade-off like you just mentioned, right? Uh, It's harder to maintain, a lower body fat whereas if they were to creep up a little bit still defined but maybe you don't have veins popping out everywhere maybe they'll be a little bit more happy so i guess it depends on the person and where they're right. at and the training experience too yeah yeah for sure yeah I, I think in some ways um the obesity epidemic if you want to call it that has sort of caused a very lean physique to look more desirable right because if someone wants to, oh, they want to lose weight, often they want to go all the way. And so, you know, they're more likely to follow people who are super shredded. Uh, and those tend to be the enhanced guys. And so, you know, their, their sort of standard is, is maybe leaner than it should be. And then, yeah, it does take more discipline to maintain a very lean physique, even if you are enhanced, right? It's not like you just inject and then boom, you can stay eight or 9% body fat year round without discipline like it still does require discipline and so you know i'll notice i'll get more likes on instagram when i'm lean or if i post like a throwback when i'm you know hypervascular and loss of definition and and stuff like that so 
it is more desired, I would say. But I personally, maybe it's because I associate progress with a slightly higher body fat percentage. And I like progress. I like getting stronger. I like gaining muscle. And, you know, I feel okay at 11%. It's not like I feel bad. I'm slightly hungrier. My appetite, you know, needs to be suppressed with, with you know, caffeine and, and fiber and protein, et cetera. And I have to be mindful about, you know, getting in my steps and whatever. Um, so it does require more discipline. And I, but I feel fine. Mm-hmm. It's just that I can't make progress yeah. nearly as well as, you know, when I'm, when I'm beefed up, basically. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's, I just, that's the trade-off. Right, yeah, I just, I just find a picture. I don't, you probably can't see it very well here, but like on my Instagram. And so, yeah, it's not showing up well at all. But in one of these, I'm like pretty soft and in one, I'm pretty lean. And I made a joke. I was like, I don't know why I'm frowning in the first one because I was probably a lot happier <laughs> and I was eating more. Uh, but there was a girl who, I don't even know her, she commented on the picture and she was like, yeah, don't go back to the first one. Like second one looks better. I was like, yeah, I mean, that that is just kind of how it, it is online, right? So- I think um, you guys probably relate to how it's changed over the years, but like for you personally, um, when I, it's a lot about what you're going after and, and you'll see this a lot. Like I have patients who, you know, maybe like we, we have like a surgery and so they're, they're constantly focusing on other people's smiles while they're recovering because it's like what you're focusing on. When I was very lean, sorry, when I wanted to be very lean in high school, there could be somebody who was not that muscular, but they had abs and that was such a focus of mine. And I actually specifically recall there was a group of lifters uh, who probably, I'm guessing, were in their 30s or 40s at the time when I was in high school. And the one owner of the gym was like very clearly like juice to the gills, but like, again, shredded, but very big. He had a friend who, honestly, if I think back to it, probably was like 220 muscular, uh, definitely a physique that I would want now. But in my high school self, just had no appreciation for that, right? Because he, he wasn't lean. Uh, fast forward, and I remember being a trip in California with my family. Like I was probably like 22 or so, and there was this uh, at the hotel gym. There was like a trainer or whatever, and I just saw him as like so skinny. I was like, "Who are you going to tell how to train?" Like you know, very uh, probably cocky mindset. And he was probably 40 and 150, 155, but very very lean. And my dad, who was, you know, somewhat overweight, probably only again cared about being lean for, you know, at that point in his life, saw this guy had veins down his arms. And he thought that was like, oh, but look at his, his, you know, look at his jacked forearms are right. And it's so much about what you're going for at that time, you can appreciate in others, even if it's different than another time in your life. That's so true, man. And in, in my experience, too, when I was in high school, being shredded, people would ask me to flex my arm to see all the cuts. Mm. And they were like, wow, you're, you're big, bro. But I was like a buck 20, you know? <laughs> and then there was this other dude who was actually muscular, but no one paid him any attention because he was a little bit fluffier. Yeah. But I bet if that, if those same people were 10 years older, they would appreciate it more. So if yep. you're a serious lifter, you recognize when someone else is in that bubble. Otherwise, if you're just some recreational guy, you're looking at the vein. Wow. You got a great physique, but it's like, everyone wants to look like Brad Pitt from fight club. But he's what six foot one at one sixty? Is he really that big? Yeah, yeah. And even if you do want to talk about, like we said, I don't, I don't think the getting motivation from women is the best way to go about this. But you, I think, you know, high school, college, it was about the lean guy. I can tell you that you know now being thirty, uh, there is significantly more attention from like 
older women, meaning like late twenties, thirties, forties, whatever, just from a guy being muscular. Like, I, I think if you were to like pull your average, like 35 year old woman or a 30 year old woman, they'd probably say that they would prefer a, a man who, who has actually looks relatively big than like a, a skinny boy with abs. Right. I, I think that would be probably like a general consensus for the most part. Yeah, I'd say so. It's, um, I think, um, you know, going with, with what women want is, I mean, ideally probably not the best motivation, but yeah. let's be serious. You know, if you're a dude and you're, you know, I don't know, 18, 19, 20, even like into your twenties, like that's going to be one of the biggest reasons. Like people, people don't, people don't say it, but like most people, that's a big reason why they train. Mm-hmm. That's a big reason why they're in the gym. And, you know, it's maybe not the best reason to keep going. It might not sustain your, your motivation and discipline and, and, you know, such, but it's, you know, if that gets you in the gym and that gets you lifting, you know, fair enough. Yeah. If it gets you started. Yeah. As long as you keep the habits after, then you're going to set some higher goals for yourself and also not fall into the trap that you have to be shredded in order to attract these women. You can yeah. still like, if you're going for that aesthetic physique, you can still be around 12% body fat, no problems. And dress yeah. well, take care of yourself, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Like if um if you can't get laid at 20% body fat, <laughs> it's not the fat. Like yeah, it's you, it's, it's definitely you. <laughs> yeah, like and I think some people think that their life is gonna be like radically different if they get lean. No, no, like you'll be at you'll be the guy at the party, you know, in the corner <laughs> who's like, but I have abs, like yeah, these guys are drinking alcohol as people do, but I have abs. Yeah. And, I, uh, you know, I have a friend who like, put a premium on them, but yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, sorry. I have a friend who's shredded right now and he's been that way for like a year and a half. And whenever we go to parties, he's the only guy who doesn't eat or drink. He has <laughs> absolutely nothing. He's by him. He's there at the table like this. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, bro, just, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, so Jeff, you alluded to gaining muscle and, and like, you know, different places as, as you progress. And, and Alex, you talked about, you know, neck, and I think we've all talked about neck training. So that is one area that I would say, even after everything stalled for a while, I got started with neck training in 2017. And as I, I frequently say, I obviously do not have a big neck. However, it is bigger than it was, right? And, and so at the same weight, which I always say is very important, same weight, same body fat-ish, um, I've gained a, just over an inch on my neck. Now, some people have seen much more, you know, two plus inches. Um, mine kind of leveled off after that first inch or so. But uh, I, when did you get started with it, Alex? I made my first video on neck training in 2013. But I wasn't oh, wow. actually doing it like because it was a four way neck machine and I would use it once in a blue moon. But because hmm. I had heard that it was good for field athletes, uh, but I didn't actually pursue it. But then years later, I became friends with someone who was a big believer of it. And I started doing more research and I came across guys like Mike Machine Bruce, who did like a 300 pound neck extension for a double. And it inspired <laughs> me. Then I looked at the old school strong men. They all trained their necks. I was like, yo, I got to get in on this. So uh 2015 is when i actually started taking it seriously okay 300 yeah dude. <laughs> that's ridiculous yeah and he ended oh, up getting man. a concussion too uh like he flipped off the bench oh my gosh wow 
What yeah. uh, what is yours? Do you measure yours at the Adam's apple or below, or where do you measure, Alex? Like, right, right here. Yeah, a little okay. bit above the Adam's apple, okay. or directly on it. it I mean, it's going to be a relatively similar measurement if yeah. in this range over here, right? Mm -hmm. And what is yours now? Do you know? I don't know. It's probably 16 and a half. Okay. Uh, it used to be a lot bigger, but sure, one thing I'll tell you is that when you stop training your neck, it's going to shrink. Oh, yeah. 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 I definitely found I, um, I had some like jaw issue. And for a while, I just was like not doing any neck, even like three months. And it definitely regressed faster than I would have expected. Um, not to like any, like it, it still maintains some, you know, obviously like any muscle, if you're, you know, you're, you're at least always supporting with your neck. So there's going to be something. Um, but yeah, it, I, I did found, and then you see that with some wrestlers too, like high school wrestlers, they stop wrestling. Their neck is like one or two inches smaller later. Right. So. Yeah. But the difference is they go from like a 20 inch neck to 18. So it's still above average, you know? Okay. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. And, and Jeff, what's yours up to now? Uh, almost seventeen. Uh, at the yeah, at the smallest point, like around Adam's apple. Right. Um, I have a lot of lower neck, if that makes sense. Well, because your traps are <laughs> so high, right? Yeah, my traps are just, you know, I mean, I don't know. Like I actually, I I've been chewing through your your uh, yoke playlist alex and that's been really helpful with with traps and neck and yeah but my my traps have you know i'm i'm definitely blessed in that regard mm -hmm. because, um yeah they insert like here basically right like, right <laughs> all the way up so you know it's, it's just like a, a a sailing ship so you have a sail and you know the, the farther it attaches out the bigger the sail is going to be yeah sure. And, you know, it's just, it's uh, a gifted area, but like, I also have gotten them way bigger from, you know, the weighted stretch, from the power shrugs, from the, you know, yeah. all that stuff you've been talking about. It just, it works. Uh, I haven't done that many rack pulls above the knee, but I've done a few and then I've, I've held them in the stretch position. I've done like six or seven plates for like 20 or 30 second holds. That is tough that is that is i mean it's not like a thousand pounds but it's still like way more than i can deadlift and that seems to have definitely caused some growth and it's just an isometric hold right i'm not even shrugging it because it's way more than i could shrug even with a cheat um but it's just you know it's so much weight that it, it seems to have caused some growth there and um you know in, in terms of the measurement of the neck at the base it's like yeah 19 and a half to 20. Wow. Yeah, yeah that's a pretty big difference because mine at the Adam's apple, and again, I'm pretty light right now. I'm like 185. Um, so at the Adam's apple, it's like 16, 16 and a quarter. And then at the base though, it's like maybe an inch more, like 17 and a quarter. So for you to go up that much, that, that's pretty, it's a pretty big change. It's like three, yeah, it's like three inches more or something. Wow. And then if I, if I really like, <laughs> yeah i bet i could get like 22 or something Jeez. <laughs> yeah with a pump too yeah right right <laughs> that is one thing i noticed like with when you finish neck training and you have a pump like i just remember thinking like you just look more powerful right like you just you just have that look and i remember again going back to high school there was a a kid russell i said i mean we were i remember him from when we were like young and uh 
you'd see like the yearbook pictures, right? So it's just here up. And you just looked at this kid and you're just like, he just looks like he would beat a lot of people in a fight, right? Like he, it just was that powerful look. And, you know, if you've got a total pencil neck, it's just kind of like a weaker, weaker look. And it'll also make everything look bigger. Like Channing Tatum, so many people think Channing Tatum is just like Jack dude. He's not actually that muscular when he's lean. He's like 170, 175, but he's got this ridiculous neck. Yeah, even if you look at some old school photos from the 1920s, the black and white shots, you have guys in their suit and they, they didn't used to smile back then, the photos, they're stern. Mm. But you see these thick necks, right? And it's like, oh, damn, I, did this guy do bodybuilding before it was even invented? You know, was he a manual labor guy? Like yeah. you automatically look big just from here because that's all you're going to see, right? Yeah, yeah. I think the uh, I think it's the lead singer of of Mice and Men. Um, I just remember seeing like their like you know photo album, whatever, and, and he his neck is huge. And I looked him up, and he, he's actually pretty skinny. Some people just they just have yeah. that, right? So yeah, it's a menacing one, power look. What's that, Jeff? Uh, there was one singer I forget. It was some rock band, and he had a freaking huge like it must have been nineteen or twenty inches, and it was from headbanging got his <laughs> i've heard that yeah i yeah, oh i know who you're talking but he was heavy right uh he's pretty developed yeah is it the guy from cannibal corpse there, there's one guy i've seen who he was kind of fat but his neck was like absurd i mean it was just like it it just <laughs> like a worm <laughs> yeah yeah um i did want to ask you Alex, about the the way you you go about training because that is something i think jeff and i last time we, he was on we talked about how humbling a neck harness is if you're doing neck extensions compared to holding plates. Um, I never liked holding plates because I felt like subconscious that I just couldn't not help out with my arms. So I could use 45 plus pounds. I mean, I, I think you've done like multiple plates and then I'll put on a neck harness and it's like 20 pounds to, you know, it, it's very hard. So I don't know if that's, you've had that experience too. Yeah. And the reason that has to do with uh, the strength curve, where you place the plate on your forehead, mm-hmm. the arms plus the abs. You'll yeah. notice a lot of guys who complain that they're not growing, even though they induce progressive overload, is that their form got progressively worse. Sure. And you can literally see it through the, the clips. They're crunching. They're doing this pullover motion. The arms are key. Eh? If they're doing this flapping, yeah. then that's why they're not making gains. And uh, it's just more strict. There's no you're, – you're doing what your neck is actually supposed to do. Yeah. So in most cases, a harness is going to be a, a far better choice. But obviously, the, the plate exercises are really good to build your base. I think it's only when you get past a certain amount, especially if you don't have those uh, cast the uh, the rubber plates. Because now you got to grab with the rubbers, you can grab on the inside, right? But with the cast iron, you got to be a lot more grippy. Yeah. So that's going to have a natural tendency of, you know, muscling it up. Do you use that at all anymore? You're totally harnessed now. I'm all harnessed these days, but yeah. actually, you know, sometimes I'll do the plate neck curl, but okay. I have access to the best harness. I'm going to take advantage. Yeah. You can yeah, cable I, weight on that. So you use, you said you use a cable with it. Yeah. Oh, it's interesting. Okay. So you just hook it up around the cable. Do you have something at home? I have a, a home cable set up with a loading pin. Okay. So it's actually one-to-one if I were to do it with uh, regular plates in terms of load being used. Do you find that's just like smoother than plates or like what benefits do you get from that? 
it, it's smoother and uh, probably safer. For example, if you want to do the neck curl without that, mm -hmm. you're going to have to uh, lean back like this, right? And yeah. when you flex, there's no real tension for the most part. But with the cable, you can set it up high. So you can get on your knees and the direction of resistance is different. Mm. Interesting. So you'll get a better contraction and range of motion. After about two, three, I guess this was, yeah, probably three years of neck training and I had stalled for a while. Um, I, I thought, okay, well, more sets is, is not really doing it. Like I was at one point doing three sets of neck curls, three sets of neck extensions, three times a week. That's the most I was doing. And it, it, I just wasn't getting any more progress. <laughs> Excuse me. And, um, so I was like, well, let me try actually like a different movement then. So let me try side flexions. So then I added that I was like hanging off the bed and I would just, you know, do that. And I was surprised to find that despite the progression with the side flexions, it didn't add anything. And this was after, I don't know, six months. Um, so I just went back to the normal extensions and curls. Have you done much with the side flexions and have you noticed a benefit there? I have. And I did notice benefits, but I believe it's because it simply increased the volume. As the reason why you probably didn't see additional gains is because it's the same function. That the sternocleidomastoid is uh, is not doing anything different mm -hmm. when, you, when you flex here versus here. Yeah, you know. So that's people will get better gains from it. You know, you can argue that it's a slightly different movement pattern, and the you know the strength curve is slightly different and you're in a fatigue state, so you don't have to lift as much, but from a pure hypertrophy standpoint, it's not necessary. You can get a massive neck with neck extension, neck curl, be done with it. Yeah. Plus your shrugs, which compounds it all. Do you think the shrugs are actually adding from neck standpoint, or are you just the overall that yoke because of the traps? Mostly the traps, but I think there's a research paper that came out last year, uh, proving that shrugs work similar muscles, to when you do neck extension, just like you're going to get some activation. Mm, okay. uh, it might not be optimal if you only do that, but I do think there's a, a connection. Like when you do neck extensions, you'll feel your traps. And when you do shrugs, you'll feel your neck. So they both feed into each other, but just the backside. Okay. So, so that actually uh, goes right into the next topic very well with partials. And I, I know you've done plenty of partials and like very heavy uh, weighted work, Alex. And one of the things that Jeff and I also talked about last time was when it comes to certain muscle groups like calves and traps, where to get the full range of motion, you'd have to like the, the, the truly full, like unweighted range of motion, you'd have to use so much less weight. And, and we're often talking, you know, hearing full range of motion, whatever weight you have to drop to, that's what you should do to get full range of motion. I, I've done partials, I've done full range of motion. And as you obviously know, you can use so much more if you allow even just like a 20 to 30% drop in the actual range of motion. And it seems like that's what you favor when it comes to trap work. Would you say that's accurate? For, for the traps, yeah, because it's mostly the way to stretch, you know? So there, there is no, and the range of motion itself of a shrug is not that high to begin with. Right. And I, I find like you can still get a nice contraction when you do things like power shrugs. And just looking anecdotally at some athletes, like uh, Olympic weightlifters, a lot of it is just explosive movements. The thing is, you're, you're still getting a full range of motion. It's just not strict. It's explosive, right? Okay, so you're, you're still trying to, you're maybe using momentum to get up there, but you yeah. would prefer that over 
not using momentum and losing range of motion. Right. And okay. keep in mind, I wouldn't exclusively do that. I would recommend mixing in both just to be safe. So you yeah. do your power shrugs and then strict repetitions right after. And then um, the partial deadlifts, it's to bias the upper traps more because you're getting a greater way to stretch. Everyone says that deadlifts grow your traps, but there's no shrugs involved. So if I'm doing a, a block pull that's two to four inches above the ground and my back angle isn't too different and I'm getting some higher volume in there, well, a lot of that's going to be directed to the upper traps. Like my uh, posterior chain won't be the limiting factor anymore. Mm -hmm. So you're just biasing the area a bit more. How have you felt with that, Jeff, for you in recent training? I know you've talked a lot about taking things to failure and then continuing on with partials and stretches. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I do think that comparing a partial range of motion, but strict versus a full range of motion explosive, I would rather go for the second one mm. pretty much every time. Like if you're doing a strict shrug, but you're only getting half range of motion, you're not really getting the same amount of weighted stretch because the four, like you're not really getting that sort of yanking. Mm -hmm. And I know that sounds bad or like injurious. <laughs> that's, that's literally what it is. Yank right? the neck as much as possible. Just. <laughs> I actually was doing that. A little, a little I, I did a, I did a six rep max. Like what, what probably should have been my two rep max. But I do think oh, the man. neck is one area that, you know, probably ideally like i do a lot of dumb shit and a lot of it i don't post yeah but a lot of that dumb shit has gotten me a lot of <laughs> <laughs> i can't post it because like you know first you have the issue of like the trolls and the, the people who are beginners and they they see that's bad and they've heard that's bad and so to them that's bad but then also like you have to understand that someone's going to copy it and then maybe get hurt because they're not as durable or they don't know how to actually you know position themselves to be safe when they're doing a cheated movement so I don't, I don't post a lot of that stuff for both of those reasons. Most of the second one, just because I sort of, you always have to think about how your content could affect people mm. positively, but also negatively. And I think, you know, cheat reps are a more advanced technique sort of by definition and, you know, beginners are going to see it, think this is the key to gains. And maybe it might be for, in the future for them, but it's something they should probably not do, you know. Yeah. at that time in their lifting career but i found that you know explosive reps just going very heavy um like heavier than you <laughs> heavier than you think you should go and, and definitely heavier than other people think you should go um i, I saw a comment the other day because i just did that that cheat reps video yesterday and one of the comments was like i would i would never be able to do this in public i'd be so embarrassed to be doing a power shrug mm. and like a, a small part of me thought about responding like, well, just stop being a little bitch and do it, right? <laughs> but, but like the sort of mild manner Jeff came out and was like, well, like you can work up to it. Cheating is a range. You can cheat slightly a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, and I do think the traps are, are sort of a unique muscle group in a way because they're super durable. They can tolerate a ton of volume. They're just, they're basically designed to handle that weighted stretch right same with the lats in the top position or like during a row i mean i guess you could tear your lat in theory but it's just so less common than something like a biceps tear or, or 
Hectare or something mm-hmm. that I don't yeah. think the risk of injury is really that big a deal. Yeah, the, the traps can take so much punishment. And if you were to use the same weight stretch velocity on the pecs, you would tear them guaranteed. So mm-hmm. if I load yeah, 600 yeah. pounds on a camber bar bench, okay, way to stretch, bro. You're screwed. <laughs> <laughs> right. But with the traps, like the average person, if they actually work up to it and get a thousand pounds and they just hold it for like 10 seconds, I guarantee you they're not going to uh, tear their traps. It won't happen. They are so freaking resilient. And that's why they are the exception in the discussion. So, you yeah. know, I can't really think of other muscles that you can overload to this extent and use this much cheat form and get away with it. Like it actually has a, a net benefit if you ask me, but uh, one thing to keep in mind, I think Jeff kind of just pointed this out experience level matters. So you don't tell a beginner to go in and do power shrugs. They got to work on the regular version first, get a base, same thing on their deadlifts. There is no reason for you to do partials and all these advanced movements. Try getting a four plate deadlift, start with that. And maybe you'll be yoked enough. You know, I would say someone who focuses on the basic compounds and isolates their neck will get much better results than the guy who's trying to do way to stretch overload in his first year of training. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's interesting. I don't know if I've ever heard of a trap tear. I've heard of one lat tear. Uh, You see calf tears every once in a while, certainly biceps and chest would be the, what's that? Yeah. Yeah. I've heard of, I think Kevin Oak tore his lat when deadlifting and there was another older guy, Nick, something or other again it was also deadlifting yeah but you know on rows or on pull-ups or something like that lats are pretty pretty damn resilient yeah 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 sure yes go ahead especially for natties if you progressively Mm. work on your way to pull-ups i highly doubt you're gonna tear a lot yeah very rare to see yeah so one of the things that people have been talking about with this this weighted stretch and there's Obviously, certain movements, you know, we talked about like back exercises, um, calves and traps where we kind of accept the partial range of motion at times or some of these cheats. What I've noticed with some of your training, Alex, is that you will also do partials for like presses, which I, I think is maybe a little bit more controversial. Um, go ahead. Yeah, I stopped doing that. <laughs> oh, you did? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um... I, I would recommend accommodating resistance instead, which is still controversial. Okay. But say you have a sticking point on the overhead press towards a lockout, I would prescribe uh, just a pause overhead press, particularly with a closed grip, and even doing it with chains. Not a, a crazy tension, maybe 30 pounds of chains. That'll do much more for you than, say, uh, a push press or a partial pin press. Okay. When did you stop the partials? Like 2018. Okay. So it's been a while. Yeah. Okay. Um, and you favor chains over bands or either one? I prefer chains on paper. You would think that bands are better, but after actually experimenting, mm. no, I found that, uh, you get more carryover and it feels more like straight weight. Yeah. 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 I've actually not done anything with chains. I've done bands. Decent amount. Part of it is just, it's just the accessibility and practicality. Yeah. You know, it's pretty easy to bring bands versus, you know, 50 pounds of chains or whatever it is. So true you got to move them around too they're heavy it's annoying yeah, yeah. the right setup bands are a lot more convenient yeah so one area that i i don't know if jeff are you are you doing pull-ups right now in your routine just like standard pull-ups yeah yeah weighted pull-ups um okay. 
that that's one of my goals for for 2022 so i keep them in but um it's not every session um it's like alternated with rows um and they're all neutral grip at okay. the moment. And, and alex i know you've had some pretty impressive pull-ups what are some of your your best feats there i did a four plate weighted pull-up which is 180 pounds nice. i've done 95 pounds for 14 repetitions wow. and six one-arm pull-ups. Holy shit, dude. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I hit some PRs this year. I did 45 for 15, 100 for six and 135 for three. That's um, really good. Thank you. Um, but I was not even close really to, so I, I set a, left arm since it's my weak arm left arm single arm pull up and that was one of the only goals throughout all areas of life not just fitness that i did not achieve this year there was like two i didn't hit and, and that was one of them and to be honest with you it didn't feel that close and i was surprised because i 135 for three i got it on three different occasions mm. and i would go and i'm like man this is like like it, it just feels almost like impossibly hard and i don't know if it was a technique thing i mean again my body weight is at the time was like 185. So still about what it is now. And like, I would pull and I'm like, man, this, this really doesn't feel too, too close. And when I would use a machine, um, like, you know, like the assisted pull-up machine, I would need about 40 pounds of resistance still, or sorry, like help mm. to get there. And I'm like, shit, man, I don't know how, how I'm going to get another 40 pounds, you know, of strength. So that's another grind right there, but I would check, I recommend you check out the video. The problem with one arm pull-up by uh, Frank's movement. And okay. he, he talks about the leverage aspect of all that and okay. how height and weight plays a role with this too. So you yeah. being 185 at what, six feet-ish? Six one, uh, yeah. There you go. That's not the same mm -hmm. as someone like me. And for you, you'd have to raise your absolute strength that much more. Yeah. Uh, 135 for a triple is awesome, but you might have to double that to six reps. Or yeah. Go a little bit beyond you know but i, I think, think it's doable it's just gonna take some time I, I think kind of going back to like where you said you know it's something worth it to gain weight maybe five pounds for like to get that bench press i think realistically i'd have to lose quite a bit of weight you know mm. I, I think it would be much more likely to come if i were to cut down to like 170 and just get super lean than it would be to gain that much strength uh, which personally is really not worth it for me, but you, you know, if you gain strength for a year and then cut to 170, you could probably pull it off right off, like instantly. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that that weight loss would still be a big requirement though. You know, probably more important than the strength, like you said. Yeah. 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 So it's either add 15 pounds to pull up or lose it, you know? Yeah. Right. And, and, you know, I, I noticed that a lot of maybe not so much like in the bodybuilding world, but in, in life, a lot of people change their focus as they get older to just kind of like a leaner, healthier physique. I, I could see at some point in my life being like, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll get even leaner and just kind of maintain that. We'll, we'll see. I have no idea. But uh, for now, I've kind of put that goal on the back burner um, and maybe I'll, I'll readdress it. But I am very impressed with people who, who can do like very heavy weighted pull-ups. Um, it, it's not something that you really see that much, even among really muscular people. Um, and, and obviously there's a weight component there, but, but even if I see some people who are, you know, pretty jacked at like a similar weight, you just don't see people like that many people repping out two plus plates on a pull-up. 
Yeah, it's an ego. I think it's an ego thing. Like you see a lot of IFBB pros on the pull downs, mm -hmm. but then you don't see them. Like maybe they could do pull ups, like with a little bit of added weight, but it's just you know doesn't look as impressive as using the stack, I guess. Mm -hmm. Pull down. Okay. It comes uh, down to specificity at the end of the day. Yeah. 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 For sure. Cool guys. So, I mean, as far as the, uh, the upcoming year, I don't know if you guys are the type to set goals at the start of the year. I don't like the, the idea of like a new year's resolution because I just associate that with everybody who immediately stops. However, I am very big on goal setting. So I do yearly, I guess you could call it new year's resolutions, but I do yearly set goals and they're, you know, they're added throughout the year too. It's not like only on January 1st, I set these goals, right? They're, they're always progressing. Do you guys have specific goals for the coming year? Yes. Um, like I, I've been lazy with my lower body for quite some time now and, uh, going to stop doing that, okay. <laughs> get them up to 26 and a half inches, maybe squat 500 if possible. I don't know what my potential is Yeah. and deadlift at least 600 though. I'll probably surpass that. Then the upper body, I want to get beyond four plates because why not? If you're going to be in a calorie surplus, why would you maintain if you regain your previous performance? Push the boundaries yeah. a bit. So if I can get 415, 420, I'll be happy. So you've you've hit four or five bench, right? I yeah. think I saw. Yeah, very impressive, dude. That's nuts. At what body weight? Thank you. 186. That's awesome, dude. That's really awesome. Appreciate uh, it. What's what's your best deadlift and squat so far? Squat, I couldn't tell you. It's been too long. Okay. Uh, deadlift, I did a 565 sumo okay. and a 585 hitched. And then I did um, a 600 low handle trap bar deadlift. Okay, nice. And what about you, Jeff? Is it going to be, I, I guess you're going to have strength and physique goals? Yeah, slightly under those. those <laughs> a little bit. Actually, someone, so I posted uh, a squat yesterday. It was 130 kilos, so 286 pounds. Paused for like, I don't know, three or four seconds and then asked to grass. And um, for me, that's, that's a good performance. Like that's definitely good progress, um, especially with that range of motion. Um, with my hip issues uh, and some, someone DM'd me asking why I was so pathetically weak. <laughs> that was, I think it was a language barrier thing. Like they didn't mean to be a dick. And like, you know, my level of strength is just sort of not what most people expect. I yeah. guess. Um, like my benches, um, Today I did, I'm starting Spoto presses because I think that'll help. Oh, actually, uh, this is a kind of ridiculous story. Kind of embarrassing for, for me, but also kind of relevant. Uh, the other day, a trainer was bench pressing on the same bench press that I've been using for the past three or four months. And, you know, he, he would do bench presses and look kind of uncomfortable. And then he looked under side of the side of the bench and there was something jammed under the bench and it was uneven. Mm. and so that explains why my fucking left shoulder has been hurting the most <laughs> a while oh. and why whenever i unrack more than like two plates it feels like death like oh. just unracking it it has just felt like like horribly unstable mm. and like i'll be moving sideways on the bench and shit like that and it was just because it was someone had shoved something under the bench and it had like it was like hidden under something so I couldn't see it, but I just like thought, okay, well, this is, I don't know, my, something feels weird, but it's always felt weird because I've been doing this for a while. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, that, so I, we 
figure that shit out. So today I was doing spoto presses. I, I did five sets of five with 90 kilos, um, 200 ish pounds, uh, and then three sets of 10 with 80. So 176 pounds. Um, okay. and it felt really, really good. Like it actually felt stable for once. Yeah. So, uh, in fact, I'm actually surprised my bench has been going up when I've been dealing with that shit unknowingly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and it, wow. it, it felt so like I just unracking the bar and it was like, Oh my God, it's not, but like, it's actually, I can actually control it and mm -hmm. I don't have to shift sideways on the bench. So that's actually, and you have no, costly. well, I was gonna say you have no intent to cut, but I think I saw you say that you don't like to be so bulked up for summer. So maybe you, you would be cutting. Um, probably, eh, probably main gaining. I think I'm gonna, okay. I think I'm gonna be main gaining actually. And I know that, <laughs> I know that sounds ridiculous given you know the circumstances but yeah when you're bulked up you can main gain like you can get away with that it's a trouble more like sure cut down and then yeah. they try to main gain and it just yeah. doesn't work because they're in a dieted state but when you're at your your you know fluffiest you can main gain just fine or, or even recomp like i know alex you've talked about recomping when in bear mode and it's almost effortless like, you don't have to think about food you just eat whatever you want and you trade fat for muscle and you just have enough energy to train really, really hard. And so I'll probably float around 96 to 98, 99 kilos. So like 215, maybe up to 220. Yeah. And, you know, I'm very unfood, unfood focused. Uh, you know, appetite is normal, low. And, you know, if I, if I don't focus on food, I'll, I'll actually end up losing weight uh, and, and leaning out. So, you know, nice. I'm in a pretty good spot as far as that's concerned. Yeah. It's amazing how much the food focus changes because so I've been on like a number of cruises and, uh, when I would, my first few of them, I would diet down like until the day of the cruise. And I don't know if you guys have been on them, but it's like unlimited food all the time. I mean, it's just ridiculous amount. And I've gained literally like 10 to 15 pounds per cruise because it's like, Oh, all of a sudden cuts over like, you know, and the last one I went on was in 2019. So like right before the pandemic. And um, I went on like not fat, but just like normal. Like I was like 202 or something. And I, and I, I to be clear, I was eating as much as I wanted. It's just that what you want is a lot less when you're heavy. So I left the cruise at the exact same way. I maybe gained like a pound and I just, I didn't even think about it. So, um, you know, I have a, a probably potentially one this coming summer, depending on how, you know, the world is. And, uh, I don't even plan to cut for it because it's like, who am I cutting for? <laughs> and I'm just going to rebound. So it's like, you know, no, but again, I'm not, not trying to say be sloppy, but yeah, no, it's amazing. Being how realistic. Most, yeah. Yeah. How most men will regulate down to like mid teens to low teens to high teens, like just kind of automatically 18%. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah for sure. That and area. I find uh, when you come back from a cut, most people are going to rebound, but their new set point is going to be lower than when they were bald. And they can actually maintain that a lot easier. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which is interesting because I grew up as a, a fat kid. I mean, I was, I don't know, if you ever look on my Instagram page, there's a picture of my back like now and then compared to when I was like 12. And I mean, I had love handles for days. Like I was like, you know, I wasn't obese, but I was a fat kid. And honestly, at this point, it's hard for me to maintain above 200 pounds with healthy food. Like it, it's very, my like natural weight at this point would be 
190, you know, 13% or something like that. And, and I have to like be cognizant to gain more than that. And, and you wouldn't think that looking at like how I grew up and, and everything, you know? Yeah. But also you've been in this for a long time now and you've mm -hmm. developed all the habits that are going to make you leaner for life. You know how to eat correctly. Mm -hmm. You train hard. So your total daily energy expenditure is a lot higher. That's the beauty too, right? When you're jacked, you can eat a lot more compared to a sedentary person. Yeah. And you went through puberty, of course. Right, <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah. My, my experience is the same. Like, if you have like a sedentary person, to them, calories are always the enemy. Yes. Like, they're always like, they hear calories and they're just like, oh, these, this is bad. This is negative. You want to reduce them. You want to, you know, go for low calorie density foods, et cetera. But like, when you are very active, when you get some muscle mass, when you've been training hard, you know, you're putting in decent volume in the gym, like, you can actually eat a lot to the point where calories your, your view of what a calorie is and what food is, is completely different. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So, uh, guys, I thought this was an awesome discussion. Definitely love to get both of you back on for another round table in the future. And I'm sure people are going to like this one. So, uh, Jeff, we'll start with you. Where can people find more of your stuff? Okay. So yeah, it's, it's on Instagram. I think it's just Jeffrey Verity Schofield, G E O F F R E Y V and then it'll auto complete hopefully. Yeah. Right. Um, and then same thing on YouTube, probably the same thing on Quora everywhere. Yeah. All right. How about you, Alex? First of all, it was lots of fun and let's do this again. Uh, yeah. People can find me on the alpha Destiny YouTube channel or my Instagram at out alpha or just my name, Alex Leonidas. Great. Thanks again, guys. Cool. Peace.